What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Bender with Adam Ronis here. Coming off of there's a big old labor weekend. Wow. AL only, NL only, mixed league auctions. Howard and Adam broadcasting, drafting, um, and, and auctioneering. So full weekend all across the board. And yet, Adam, here we are on a Monday, and stupid-ass NFL dominates the news cycle yet again. Yeah, that tends to happen quite a bit. But it's the stupidity with which it enters the news cycle, I think, is just the absolute worst. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I you know what? What's your, your take on a player who bets on the sport in which he plays? I mean, you can't do it. It's simple. You know the rules. It's emphasized. And, you know, I see some people like, well, he wasn't with the team. It doesn't matter. He was a, still a member of the Falcons, whether he was player or not. You know he communicates with players, coaches. I'm sure there was something. And, yeah, they're saying, oh, there's no inside info. We have no idea. You can never prove that. And, yeah, sure, he bet on the Falcons to win, but you can't do it. It's simple, man. I mean, I don't understand – how people don't understand this. I, don't, I, I genuinely don't understand how people don't get it either. I genuinely don't understand it. We've been talking about Pete Rose and his lifetime banishment from baseball, right? For how many, like how many, how many decades has that been going on where we've talked about that? It's in their contracts, you know? And like some, you know, here's the thing for me, because I, I've spoken to people who are like, oh, well, you know, what's the difference between that and playing in a fantasy football league? Well, your fantasy football league doesn't have to be for money. You can still play in a fantasy football league and there's no entrance fee. Now, if there's something that's done under the table where there's no digital and or paper trail, okay, fine. Do what you got to do, right? That's that's how we used to bet back in the old days with a local bookie, right? So, so on top of the fact that he bet on his own you know, his own team, his own sport, but the idiot left a, a, a digital trail. He used his own credit card, everything like that to do it. And, and, you know, so, so the, the, just what level of moronic proportions that that is in itself there. But then I got also people who are sitting there complaining that, Oh, well, you know, he shouldn't be banned for the whole season. Uh, for doing that. And I'm like, they banned Pete Rose for life and they've never budged on it whatsoever. Um, you know, in this whole time. And, and my feeling about it is, is listen, I, and I listen this, you're, you're talking to somebody who has Calvin, Calvin Ridley in dynasty leagues in multiple dynasty leagues. I have Calvin Ridley. Okay. The, the, the ban for a year, you have to do it. Because you have to show people the severity. And NFL needs to. Because if you've got this shit going on, at the time where you're just getting ready to partner up with, you know, all of the books, you know, all, you know, Caesars and, and BetMGM and, you know, and everything like that, this player is going to cost not just himself a shit ton of money. Owners, other players, commission. Everybody involved, everybody who stands the chance of profiting off of legalized gambling with the NFL, he put at risk. And you have to you have to come down with the hammer 
Otherwise, people are going to think that it's not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, they're going to make an example. Um, I'm sure I'm sure there are other players that are doing this. They're probably just not getting caught. And that's what boggles my mind about Ridley. It's like you do it from an illegal state in Florida and like you couldn't get your friend to do it, your brother, cousin, anyone else, just so your name is not on it. Like that's the most uh, crazy part about this. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's pretty simple. You just can't do it. They let you know whether you agree with it or not. You can say, oh, I don't think it's fair. They have partnerships. Whatever your opinion is, the bottom line is you are told you cannot do it. You know this. You can't do it. Uh, so you want to bet on something? Bet on another sport. But don't bet on the NFL, the sport that you play in. It. Employers of the t- guys who work for the team can't bet either. I know someone who works for an NFL team. He's not allowed to bet. Yeah. You and I are not eligible, and neither is anybody in our family, to win a serious XM contest, right? Because we are affiliated there. So anybody who's affiliated with an NFL team, employed by an NFL team, no. I mean, it's I mean, it's it's just it's crazy. It's it's absolutely crazy. And you know, I, I think the people who are kind of defending him, I think are, you know, just I think they're they're just it's more naivete than anything else. Yeah, I will say this, though, because uh, this story has kind of got brushed aside and we don't know if it's proven correct because Ridley has admitted that he did it. I mean, he was tweeting today that uh, and it was also reported that what well, it was a three, five and eight leg parlay. I mean, come yeah. on, Calvin. I mean, look. I know I do them sometimes. I tweeted out. <laughs> I, I tweeted out yesterday. I had a seven leg parlay between Phoenix and Milwaukee, and I lost it by one point. I needed uh, Mikael Bridges to score fifteen. He scored fourteen. I thought I was dead because he had zero in the first half, and then he missed two threes in the final thirty seconds too. But that was house money. I went four and zero on my other bets. So I'm not putting a thousand dollars on a parlay. A parlay. I'm just taking like, all right, you know what? I'll sprinkle a little money here, plus 600, plus 700 yards. And that one was actually a risk-free one on FanDuel. So they give you your money back in credit. I'm always going to take a risk-free parlay, right? What do I have to lose? Let me put it up at between plus 400 and a plus 1,000 odds. If it hits, great. If it doesn't, I get my money back in a free bet and try something else. But, and I've always, you know, I've always said it on this. You can't, parlays are losing proposition long-term. You can't do it all the time. I think I missed uh, another parlay a couple of days before that by three points. I needed Embiid to score 25. He scores 25 all the fucking time. He scored 22 that night. But that's besides the point. I don't. I didn't do one today, uh, and I probably won't do one tomorrow. Once in a while, they're fine. But Calvin Ridley, man, he's just going all out. Let me get eight-leg parlay. Like, you can't do that. Um, so he's an amateur better to begin with. But I will say this. What is the NFL going to do if they find out that what Flores said about Dolphins owner Stephen Ross is true. That's got they got to bring the hammer on him, right? If he offered him money to lose games, so he offered him money to tank games, and what if he accepted it? Now he goes and tells people, "Yeah, we we're losing. Put all this on the money line on the other team." So that story kind of has gone away, but they better have the same decision if that is proven true, because that's a big problem too. Yeah, there was a there's also there's a story that kind of getting swept under the rug. Also, there was a guy from the Arizona Cardinals 
Yes, who, he was the first one who got suspended since what 2018. Or was yeah, he was on injured reserve and he was making bets. And he was making bets there also. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't yeah. a big name though. So no people kind of right exactly. You're like, oh, not a big name doesn't matter. But I agree with you, man. And and that's you know, to me that is um, that's another thing that you know maybe this is maybe this is the 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 situation that we need to kind of crack into this old boys network that's the nfl and that's the owners right because i mean these you know the owners um you know are just these i mean whatever i could could sit in any owner and you know team owner but i mean you know we've talked about stuff like that right like um uh sterling from the clippers he got forced out right marge shot she got forced out of baseball so basketball and baseball have done that so maybe this is Maybe the situation with Calvin Ridley opens the door a little bit wider for the NFL to actually turn around and say, you know what, let's get rid of these fucking owners who are going to screw this shit up for us also uh, with that. And maybe, you know, you, you force Stephen Ross to sell the team, uh, you know, and you and you take care of that that same situation. Right. Was it a, there was another team that was also talking about that, that did that right. Cleveland. Right? Wasn't it? Wasn't it Cleveland? What was that one? There was there was a oh, Hugh Jackson. Didn't Hugh Jackson say that uh, Cleveland paid were offered to pay him also to uh, to lose games? I know he was speaking. I don't remember. Did he say that? I think I believe so. I believe so. But now, I mean, it's Hugh Jackson. So I mean, who the fuck knows? But you know, either way, dude. Either way, I mean, it is. That I, I think you know, I think if, if that's the case, if you're gonna if you're gonna ban uh Ridley for at least a season, I keep saying at least a season. I I you know, I love the talent, but I mean you need to make sure that nobody like I don't want Calvin Ridley coming back for the 2023 season, right? And and you know, making another 10, 11 million dollars after sitting out a year. So I mean, really, I mean how much of a punishment is that or whoever signs them gives them a, a big fat signing bonus to make up for the money loss, whatever the bullshit is, they could get around that with Ridley. But I, I think, you know, if you, if you really, if you set the example here and you set the president precedent that, uh, that this is, this is absolute taboo and we'll ban you like fucking baseball ban Pete Rose. Um, then maybe that allows you to turn around and say, you know what you, uh, you know, We've got it on record here that you I mean, that's the thing. They need the proof that says that Stephen Ross actually did it. Right. Because it's going through a lawsuit. But but I'm saying if it is proven, if it is uh, proven, he's he should be gone. Yeah, definitely. he should be forced to sell. No doubt. No doubt. Oh, I love uh, Calvin Ridley's tweet, by the way. I bet fifteen hundred dollars total. I, <laughs> I don't have a gambling problem. That's not the argument of whether you're I, I know problem. I I. I quote tweeted it with, I ate six slices of pizza for lunch today. I don't have an eating problem. <laughs> Come it's on. Only six slices? I had no pizza today, my friend. I was going to say you went a little light. I had no pizza today. Okay. Good. I haven't had pizza in, in far too long now. I've been trying to be good. I've been trying I mean, to be good. It gets a little pizza, frustrating. I eat pizza probably one to two times a week. Mm, I wish. I wish. Although I'm, you see, you know, again, I'm I'm a stress eater, right? When I'm stressed out, I'll fucking I'll, I'll eat like a champ. That's your excuse. 
Um, no, it's not my excuse. I mean, I, well, it's one of the excuses. Let's see. Um, I'm, I love food. Um, I do too. I smoke a, I smoke a ton of weed. Okay. Get the munchies all the time. Ah, okay. I, I'm a stress eater. Right. I don't eat right. I don't eat properly balanced meals, and I eat late at night. That's 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 the one of the bigger problems for me also, and that that goes hand in hand with the smoking a ton of weed. Start walking, man. I've told you this. Yes, I know, Adam. Walking's gonna save me. It all help, man. I don't want to be helped. Okay, fine. Then eat whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna get off this fucking podcast and I'm gonna go fucking Burger King drive through. And they're gonna say, Hi, welcome to Burger King. What can I get you? And I'm just gonna go, yes. Everything on the menu. All of it. <laughs> Give me one of everything. Super size. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and a diet coke, please. Yeah, that's the best. <laughs> Extra large. That was always my favorite. That was always my favorite. Was like that that triple like, cheeseburger. Extra I large. I want two fries. Big oh, Macs yeah. and a Diet Coke. <laughs> Diet Coke. Oh shit! I'm like, damn, man. I can't wait to get into like Shamrock Shake season at McDonald's. Those are good, that. man. Dude, those are the best. Those are fucking good. <laughs> Uh, if they would only just kind of cross the McRib and and the Shamrock Shake at the same time, right? So the bowl you get you can have that for your meal. That would be something special. The McRib. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh man, Calvin Ridley, you're a jackass. You're just a jackass. Um, all right. So there you go. That's uh, that's dominating the uh, the news cycle. And, and, you know, listen, again, just get them out. Don't fuck up. Listen, you know what? We're so close to having legalized gambling across states and stuff that, that you know, I, I mean, this isn't going to it's not that this is going to set it back. It's just this is this just becomes an added argument for those opposing it. Right. For those who want to be like, oh, well, he's. Fucking up the integrity of it, and you know what? And people are going to be point shaving and this and that, and like that. You're just you're giving them another it's, it's, piece of material. It's not going to set it back though. There's too much money. I mean, for Way years, for years the NFL was like, nope, we can't do it. All of a sudden, there's these sponsorship deals. Okay, yeah, we can do it now, dude. It's crazy, right? It's yeah. crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were so adamantly against it, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, what? We can make how much? Hey, I, I say it a lot. It's always about the money, man. It most, is. Most things in life. It's unfortunate. It shouldn't be the case. But most of the time, it's always about the money. It is. Well, listen, that's, you know, one of the things that's going on with the with, with the baseball negotiations is the the, the negotiated deal that, uh, that MLB is going to have with, like, <clears throat> what is it, uh, Amazon Prime and NBC, right? Like, MLB's got all these streaming service deals, and that's just going to put so much money into the owners' pockets that I mean, I find it incredibly surprising that that the MLBPA hasn't like, you know, jumped in on that. I mean, obviously that they're asking for more because they know that the revenue is going to skyrocket. But I mean, I mean, it's it's insane how much it's going to skyrocket 
once uh, once they have like you know all the streaming services in there and the gambling in there and all of that shit. I mean, it's going to be ridiculous, ridiculous, like more money than you can count. Like you and I should go in halvesies and buy a, a baseball team or something. If it only was that easy. I think we would run a team pretty well. I well, I didn't say that. Buying the team is the big issue. I'm sure somebody listening is going to want to start a GoFundMe for us, right? Yeah, why not? Right? That you guys go out there, start a GoFundMe to have Howard and Adam purchase a a, a sports franchise. I'll take any sport. I don't give a shit what the sport is. Give us the uh, the, the the franchise, and uh, and we'll bring you a we'll bring you a championship within five years. I'm that confident in it. So am I. I'm even more confident that somebody's going to start us a GoFundMe. And then suddenly somebody's going to come like knocking on our door like uh, like Ed McMahon, right? Holding up the big check. Except it's going to be like, you can now purchase the Dallas Stars in the NHL. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, we, uh, we've we already got the, uh, the fund, right? We're, we're going to start... Uh, we're gonna start with our our winnings from the FSGA, um, props and uh, props and and futures league that we did this past season for um, what you call for the NFL? FS, yeah, for the FSGA. Yeah, we we won that. We did win that. Congratulations, Adam. Congrats, man. Congrats to you. You couldn't have done it without me. You couldn't have selected a smarter person to be with. I was kind of forced, but that's a different story. Forced? Did yeah. you pay? Did you pay the entrance fee? Did you dip into your pocket for it? I did not. I'm sure nobody, you... did, nobody put a fucking gun to your head, buddy. Oh nobody... yeah, you said I. You have to do this with me. No, I definitely did not. Okay. Because I won the one before that, also where you weren't my partner because you had uh, I don't know you had something to do or something that night. I'm going out to dinner with my friends. I'm going to my ma's house. Whatever it was, but you, you, you know, abandoned me there. And so I won that one. You know how I won that one, by the way? Which, which I, I love Digger Turnbull. He's like, oh, no, I've never seen the results for this league at all. I'm like, I've got the email here from you congratulating me. I picked the, uh, I picked the rookie of the, the Calder, tro- Cal- Calder Cup trophy winning. Winner and the Vezina Trophy winner that year. And that's how I ended up winning that league. Who helped you with that? Who helped me with that? Chris yeah. Murray and Andrew Dewhurst. Okay. Yeah. What do you mean? You can't get help? You can't have somebody, I didn't say somebody that, can't suggest I, something? I didn't say that, but I knew you didn't get it on your own. Oh, that's fucked up, man. I made How's it fucked stuff? up? That's like me saying, oh, I won this contest and, uh, you know, I, I picked the – you know, soccer champion correctly. You're not going to be like, wait, how the fuck you get that? You know, I don't fucking watch soccer. I actually did not pick the uh, the winner. I had Man City actually okay. as the winner, yeah. and that didn't that didn't pan out. Terrible call by you. No, they were the favorite. What are you talking about? You never go with the favorite. I was like, ah, it's chalk. It's the it's the English Premier League, right? I mean, come on, right? <laughs> it's just as rigged as ever. It's either Arsenal, Chelsea, or Man City. Right. That's the way it was. Um, 
but yes, they definitely, you know, you gotta, you gotta listen, you know, when, if you're, if you're not covering sports, you have to talk to the people who are covering sports. I think, I think I came to you actually for some NBA questions. I believe, um, who was the, my, the Eastern conference, who was going to be a, a kind of a decent sleeper pick to come out of the East. And, uh, and you gave me the Raptors. Well, there was no sleeper. It was one of the better teams. Milwaukee came out. Yeah, well, I, I took the Raptors on your suggestion. Okay, you asked me for a sleeper team, not one of the favorites. Milwaukee is one of the favorites. <laughs> it doesn't matter, man. You didn't give me the right answer. Okay. You didn't give me the right answer. Meanwhile, though, you and I together, like like superpowers right there, right? Just fucking coming together to to win this uh, this FSGA. I love it, man. I love it. We should take that money. We should split a, a draft champions team with it. Um, nah, I've already done enough. Already? You're already, already done? I don't know how much more I'm going to do. For real, because real drafts will be coming up. I'm in the middle of, uh, I just started one a couple days ago. It's in round three. I still have TGFBI. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, and I still have another one that's like in round 28. That is the slowest as hell. So yeah, I, I don't well, know. How are we going to lure people into the beat Adam Ronis? Well, it's not up. When it's up, I'll do it. You gotta just say what when, when you want to do it when you're ready. Okay, I didn't get any information on it. I said to you, tell me when you're ready to start it. You just told me this now. No, we've had this conversation. No, you didn't. The co- okay, I'll tell you the conversation after then. What you told me, which was, oh, uh, it's, it's, not so, it's not something we can discuss okay, on air. You'll you'll be in on an email. I never got an email. Oh, did I not put you on that email? Hmm. Nope, I didn't get it. Sure, sure. I'll have to go through my email. All right. Well, listen. Then we'll just we'll, we'll go halvesies on our winnings there, and uh, and you can do what you want. I'll uh, I'll take my half, and I'll go put it into a, a draft champions, and we'll have somebody beat try and beat Howard better. All right. Which, if you looked at my labor auction, which I believe you did, you would see that it's probably not that too difficult to do. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the finished product, man, because uh, I. But I said it during the broadcast because they were talking about it too. I said the way he constructed his team, you really can't judge it until you see the complete product. Yeah, well, I mean, it didn't really. I'll tell you what. We'll uh, we'll talk about that uh, right after this illustrious commercial break all right well let's uh let's get to uh the the labor nl um listen it wasn't you know i i i'll tell you flat out i fucked up because i did not um i did not adjust my personal auction values to account for the missing free agents and when I saw the patterns of the bidding and, you know, where I saw people were going under what my, my values were and where they were going over what the values were, um, I didn't make the uh, the necessary adjustment. So I actually got fucked by uh, by doing my own, uh, you know, little stars and scrubs. I mean, obviously, I went gung ho first, Trey Turner and Juan Soto. And then what I wanted to do. So the plan going in was uh, was Trey Turner. Juan Soto, and then I wanted Brandon Woodruff, uh, Sandy Alcantara, and then I had uh, I you know budgeted like eighteen dollars for two closers, right? I figured that was 
like if I if I built it like if that was my core, then I was going to feel good about you know hedging on the uh, on the rest of the way because if I had done that, then it would have given me like an average of like six or seven dollars per player. And then if you figure that you're going to do a couple of one dollar guys, then you know it, you it adjusts your your you know your your thing where you could go with a heavier stars and scrubs kind of a thing. And, uh, and, and it just, the, the problem for me is that like all of a sudden it was like, you know, people were going way over my auction values everywhere except for top tier starting pitching and third base upper. Yeah. And, and third base o- overall, like third base overall, people were just, you know, five, $7 under what it was. And, you know, and I just, I, I, I was afraid that I was going to go too big there and was, uh, wasn't gonna, you know, kind of follow through with my plan. And, uh, and then just the, the, the bidding just got crazy all over the place, man. Um, not crazy, crazy, but just, I did not make the necessary adjustments for the, the in-draft experience, as well as knowing that there are going to be free agents who are out there now. I mean, listen, I, can I, can I solve this problem with um with a a large uh, a lar- rather large bid on one of the big bats that signs in the NL before the season starts? Yeah, I think I can. Because when you deal with mono leagues, I mean anybody who's played in them knows that, you know, with the exception of like your very, you know, the 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 trade deadline or the players who come over from the AL to the NL that's where you get guys like you rarely find help in a mono league on the waiver wire. It's usually like just crazy barren. Right. So, you know, to not factor in the fact that, you know, you're likely to have either, you know, a big first base bat and Freddie Freeman, you're going to have possibly a big outfield bat, whether it's like Nick Castellanos or Kyle Schwarber, um, you know, you want a bigger closer there, Kenley Jansen. I expect him to re-sign with the uh, with the Dodgers. So to not think that there's going to be some sort of like big play there also is is a mistake. But I just didn't make the uh, the the necessary adjustments. And by the time that I was like trying to like turn things around, um, I just I, I I let it go for a little too long and just kind of kind of fucked myself a little bit. Yeah, it's it's difficult in a mono league to spend big on two to three players because then it usually leaves you thin at on at bats. And one of the keys in the mono leagues is you need to get as many players that are going to play close to every day or have a significant role on your team. Because we know at the end when you're looking at these one two dollar players, a lot of them have no role. And, you know, that's the key. So. That, that's why it's difficult to spend. I mean, yeah, it's great getting Turner and Soto, but it's 85 bucks. So yeah. when you do that, um, it's going to leave you with holes and you and you have a couple holes in your outfield. I do. They're well, not going to play every day. What's that? Guys that are not going to play every day. No, I, I definitely have that that situation. I think Profar gives himself enough at bats to make him um, a, a legitimate uh, guy. Oh, I've got him over in my corner. Um, to be a legitimate guy who will, who will see enough time in a, in a mono league. Um, I went Hazley and, and Moniac because what I expect is I expect the Phillies to go in with, to go in and, and sign a, a free agent outfielder. 
right? But they're not going to grab two. So it's either going to be Moniac or Hazley who's going to land that, that final gig. And I think if they don't bring in a center fielder, I think Moniac is more likely just for his, his defensive capability. So I think he ends up getting the at-bats there. But yeah, dude, I mean, it's not, yeah. I mean, you know, there, and there were guys, there were guys that I was waiting on, you know, down the, uh, down the line who, you know, were still available, you know, that were just, you know, so far down in the queue that, you know, very few people like Nico Horner, uh, I got Kevin Newman at the end for three bucks. I mean, he's not the be all end all, but I mean, he's going to get at bats and he's going to play regularly for the pirates. So, but yeah, dude, it was, uh, it was, it was tough, man. I, I mean, I walked out of there. I felt battered and bruised. No doubt about it. That happens in these model leagues, man. They are not easy. They're not easy. They are definitely not easy. Now you were in the, uh, in the mixed on, uh, on Saturday and I was on the broadcast there. Um, and we just spent so much time talking about the pricing, uh, in there that by the time we were like, all right, well, let's look at teams and let's, you know, see who we like. Um, you know, we were sitting there, spent, we spent a lot of time on Hallam who came out big with, uh, Vlad and Tatis. And then, uh, we, we definitely liked Ariel Cohen's, uh, draft. I loved his, his draft actually. Um, but I figured we would, uh, we would break down your, uh, your team here. Yeah. I mean, my plan coming in was to, uh, to go more balanced. I kind of went heavy on a couple players over the last couple years and, uh, it's not that it didn't work. It's just that, um, I felt like maybe this time I'll go more balanced, but then I, I saw the money was light at the beginning. So I was like, damn, cause like I, re I regret not going, um, higher on Bichette. I think he went for 35, 36, 37. Yeah. I was like about to click another dollar and why it doesn't show the prices here. Why isn't, am I like, I guess I got to find a different board. Um, yeah, it does. I'm looking at it. Go to rtsports.com slash LABR hyphen mixed hyphen auction. Oh, Bichette did go for 35. Yep. See him right there. Uh, I don't know why on my board, it, their prices are not coming up. When well, you tell board, me who you want to talk about and I can tell you how much they went for. Um, no, there was no one specific. I can't remember. I just remember not taking Bichette. Like I was like, damn, I should have went higher. So when I saw that the prices were low, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to spend some money now because I don't want to be that person in the middle of the auction or with two or two or three other teams having all this money and then overspending on the mid tier. So right. I got Trey Turner for 45, uh, which was the highest price player in the auction. And then I got um, Corbin Burns for 31, which I thought was um, a little bit cheaper than he should have gone for in this format. So I just kind of adjusted to what was going on in the room, but it actually, it kept going cheap. So it really didn't help me in a way. Um, because I thought, all right, now people are going to start spending and they kind of never did. So yeah, the prices look cheap, but it's like, you can't get every player, you know, I can't be in there bidding on everyone. Um, so I don't know. I think the team turned out okay. It's not, I, I thought it I would have come out better, but, um, I, I think it's kind of well balanced. I probably spent more on pitching than I expected, but 
you know, Burns and Musgrove up top. I like and Giolito. I mean, those three mm-hmm. really good pitcher, pitchers. I like Luis Garcia. Um, got Kenley Jansen, who I expect him to close wherever he goes. Uh, I didn't plan to get three potential closers. I mean, Trevino went for two. I don't really like his skill set, uh, but he's two bucks. I mean, and he could have the job to start the year. And I don't really like Barlow that much either. Joe Barlow from Texas, but he was five bucks. So I took them. Um, and then I knew, all right, once I did that in the reserve round, then I kind of really don't need to worry about taking shots on those potential closers. Um, so overall, I mean, it's okay. Uh, you know, I got some big bats with Alvarez and am I looking at the right team? Yeah. Okay. Wait, I did get, oh, I did get Teoscar. Yeah. Oh shit. (laughs) I forgot about that. So yeah, I mean, Teoscar, Jordan Alvarez. Uh, Eloy Jimenez. Eloy Jimenez I, for two bucks less than Teoscar Hernandez. Actually, I think I bid too high on Eloy. That was a mistake. I sh- when the prices were in this room, I think that hurt me. I should not have gone that high. Really? I think you're yeah. fine there. No, nah, I think it's too high. Based on what was going on in the room, it's too high. The room was the room was like crazy tight. It was very very surprising how tight this room really was. I was I was surprised. I you know I I was um. You know, because here's the thing, like when when the room was as tight as it was, I think it favored Hallam that much more in the sense that, you know, he, he went big for those guys. And I mean, listen, you look at his pitching staff, right? I mean, Bueller, Bieber, Urias, uh, Verlander. Um, he's got some question marks as far as, you know, who's closing, but he's also got Otani on his roster here. But I mean, it was like all of a sudden when you get like Chapman at two. And Carlson at four and Duval at three. Like those guys there, I thought those guys should have gone for more money than they did. I get that there's depth in the, in a mixed league for sure. But when everybody had all of that money, I thought there would be a little bit more price enforcement on Hallam for for the you know for coming out of the gate so big. Yeah, I don't worry about other teams. Uh, when I'm in there, you know, I can't, I can't worry about his team. You know, I worry right. about mine. So, I mean, if, and I, I was not in a position to really price. See, I don't want, okay, Matt Chapman, right? I don't want Matt Chapman. So if I price it for at $3 and I'm stuck with him, now I got a player I don't want. So I'm not doing that. Like for Matt Chapman, doesn't make sense. Like to me, I did take Chapman in one DC and it's because again, draft champions, you can't go to the waiver wire and third base is thin, right. but the question with Chapman is, was it the hip injury coming off the surgery that affected him last year? Because he was not good, man. Um, you're not getting batting average from him. He had 210 last year, 232 the year before. Now, he could be traded, so that could help. But, like, there's nothing special about his numbers. I mean, 30, it's a 30-home run bat. He had 27. That's not – okay, he doesn't steal bases. And no, he does not. Runs in RBIs were, were low. That like that was not a special player. It's dragged down by a two ten average in a mixed league. It's definitely dragged down by the average. If you think that his average improves, still, you know, listen, I'll take a, uh, you know, two forty or better, right? If if I'm going to get thirty hit thirty home runs, I'm just you know, again, I get what you're saying. The argument against you know price enforcing on Chapman, but. Yeah, I still think two was uh, was was a little on the on the low side there. I just I you know, that's my opinion there on just that. Now I'm listen. I'm not sitting there staring at everybody else's team. 
what I was doing during during my draft was I was uh, I was marking it up, marking up my sheet with, uh, you know, on auction values. So that way it was like if it went more for more than what I was doing, then it was, you know, it was green. And then if it was under, you know, if they bid under what I was budgeting or, you know, what, where the value was for the player, then I had it in red. And that way, like as the draft was going on, I could see the trends as they were developing, right? It was like all of a sudden it was like a lot of red there in third base, a lot of red in the top tier of starting pitching. Um, some red there for the the closers, but it was like first base, catcher, second base, shorts up, green, 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 green. So I'm not watching specific teams what they're doing. I'm just kind of watching the way the pricing is going. And the more green I saw, the more I was like, oh man, I'm gonna get fucked in this one. <laughs> Just means I got to work that much harder, Adam. That's all. Yeah, and there was $22 was left on the table by one team in mine and 14 by another. Terrible, right? Yeah. And and somebody uh there was somebody else who bid like 8 or 9 dollars on their their final player. Right. So that that kind of counts as leaving money on the table in my opinion. I said that on the broadcast. I said, with the way everything's going, I said, I bet at least three teams leave money on the table here. But how how do you leave the money on the table and not just put it all on your final player? And, you know, if if that player gets hurt, then you can recover half that fab. Yeah, I mean, I guess they didn't realize that um, because it was a newcomer to the league. So they might not have known that. But, yeah, I mean, and. It's. I look at it. it I think for people who who don't do auctions that much or for a second time, we discussed last week. It's it's going to happen because you don't realize it. So I'm sure that's what happened to them. They probably got caught up and was like shit. But then you start overspending. See, I didn't want to be in that spot, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start spending now, and that's why I went 45 on Turner. Um, what I I mean again, if he stays healthy, he's going to be worth it because he's going to help in all five categories and he's eligible at second and short. But there were a couple guys that I wanted that um, I couldn't get late. Like I thought um, Jared Kelnick would have been a really good fit for this team. And I think I went to three and that was my max bid and someone went four um, because I I felt like I wanted some speed at that time. So, uh, but I, you know, AJ Pollock was really good last year and now He'll probably DH a little bit, so I think that will help. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my top three pitchers are really good. Burns, Giolito, and Musgrove. Yeah, oh, dude, listen, I look at my t- – I love my my top end, my starting pitching too. Freddie Peralta, Sandy Alcantara, Ian Anderson. In a, in a, in a mono league, that's uh, – I'll, I'll, I'll be happy with that. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, sometimes it is good to get – players early especially if they're below your price because you know you you run into a situation like this and um you know matt olson for 19 dollars like that's a really nice buy man how in the world did somebody not go 20 on matt olson i was i was beside myself we also had a a a weird kind of glitchy situation in ours um i'm sure you guys talked yeah for four four bucks we were like what the fuck and and, Carib- Car- and that was Carabell. His team was re- – he did a really good job of getting at-bats everywhere. He basically went balanced. It's not a sexy team. If you look at it, you're going to be like, eh. But he pretty much got almost everyday playing time at every position on the yeah. offensive side and didn't spend more than 21. 
on a player. Yeah, no, he did a he did a great job. Although he shouldn't have Patrick Wisdom there for four bucks. Yeah, obviously. I mean, that was I saw the chatter in the room. Yeah, yeah, and we were like, um, hey, uh, 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 and then we had. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's uh, if it's Ambrosius or if it's Sean Childs, but one of them is like the crazy stickler. No, we're not rolling shit back. <laughs> Oh, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Listen, man, you know, it's a, it's a nice first step. You know, I, I'm not particularly excited um, with the team coming out of the draft. We'll see what happens for my first uh, my first fab run when all the free agents are going to be signed and available there. But again, it's a league with trading and with fab. And, you know, if I, uh, you know, if if I piece this together at least remotely properly um perhaps i can trade one of my big guns and uh and and hope to boost myself somewhere else we'll just have to kind of wait and see nobody wins the league on draft day right nope exactly um all right that's gonna do it for us here today really appreciate you guys as always for uh, for tuning in for liking and subscribing, I've got a uh, I've got an ailing wife, Adam, that I gotta go I gotta go tend to. I gotta go be a, a, a houseboy. Right? I gotta go be my wife's cabana boy. Except I don't get to like sleep with her at the end, but I get to like take care of her. Okay, yeah, you got you got to take care of those things, man. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go, there you go. Now, if we weren't married, see, here you go against the institution of marriage. If we weren't married, I could just be like, oh, my phone died. Sorry, I was stuck at my place and my phone died. No, I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll be back again later on tomorrow, of course. So a big thank you to everybody for tuning in. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. Calvin Ridley is the dumbest man alive right now. We'll catch you next time.